In this podcast, we talk about anxiety. Harrison chats with the author of the anxiety book, Elisa Black, and I talk to the Jermaine sisters about touring and their mental health experiences. Enjoy, guys. Welcome to episode two of the Headspace Sessions podcast, Battle of the Butterflies. You're with Paris and Maya today. Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining us here today. We were over the moon to hear that people, aside from my mother, actually tuned into our podcast um, previously. And we just wanted to give you all a big hug through the microphones Mm -hmm. and say thanks for listening. Thank you for your feedback. We really always welcome feedback from you guys. If there's things you think we should include or you that we could work on or just even your experiences, please do share them with us. We're all about engaging with you. So thank you guys for that. The definition of anxiety is a feeling of worry, nervousness or unease about something with an uncertain outcome. So what we can take away from this definition is that typically anxiety concerns things that are unknown, things that are possibly going to happen. That being said, a lot of people experience anxiety about things that have happened in the past. This doesn't make it any less um, important or any less anything that we're going to focus on today. But um, (laughs) any less valid, I think. Yeah, that's that's exactly well. All right. So anxiety is an emotion felt when confronted with something worrying, frightening or risky. Everyone experiences some sort of anxiety in their day-to-day lives. It's just how our bodies prepare for challenging situations. In fact, certain amounts of anxiety can actually be good for you Mm -hmm. because, you know, they prepare you and they make you perform better in difficult scenarios. It's when our anxiety becomes so intense and happens so often that we can no longer do our day-to-day tasks. Exactly. And, you know, like we've said, a lot of people experience anxiety and they have anxious patches during their life when it's really affecting them or sometimes they're just sort of experiencing a few symptoms of anxiety and it doesn't make it any less valid. And there's always support and help and ways that you can work through these problems available. And, you know, Headspace is a great place to start, but we've talked previously about a whole bunch of other resources, particularly online, like Beyond Blue and ReachOut.com. So yeah, great to keep that in mind. And We're going to, in this podcast today, talk a little bit about um, some of the symptoms of anxiety, uh, how some of the anxiety disorders work. We'll give you a bit of a breakdown of them if you just wanted some information. We're going to throw a bit of um, science at Mm. you. I mean, can't wait for that. What did you get an A for year nine biology? Yeah, year nine bio. Hit me up if anyone wants (laughs) tutoring tips. You know, I'm your girl. And I'm not because I failed the attend and year 11 uh, biology. I actually wrote poetry on my exams. (laughs) (laughs) You know, in a maths test and instead of doing the equations, just drawing a really nice image of me running away from the school or an artistic (laughs) hairstyle on a stick figure. I mean, that was a really big passion of mine. Before we get really into it, I'm going to throw it over to Harrison where he talks to Elisa Black, author of The Anxiety Book. Myra and myself will take the back seat for now and they'll have a good chat. Enjoy this. Hey, Elisa, jumping straight in, how important are open conversations for breaking the stigma of mental health? Uh, I think it's really important. Um, I am a little bit older than probably a lot of people who are listening, so I'm 41 and back when I first started experiencing anxiety, um, I didn't know what it was because nobody spoke about it. So it took me until my mid-20s when I finally, it got too much for me, I had a full nervous breakdown, I was dragged to a doctor by my parents and that was the first time I heard the word anxiety because no one had spoken about it and then speaking with my parents and learning more as I would sort of pursued ways to deal with it, learning that my Mother had had it, my grandmother had had it, but they'd all had different names for it and they didn't talk about it. They found different ways to hide it and they never got to address it or find 
useful so ways to deal with it. Everyone really covered that up and yeah. it was hugely stigmatised then. Mm-hmm. Yep. So was that... So in your 20s, was that mm-hmm. the first age that you noticed that you had a problem with anxiety? No, I was highly strung from a little girl. So my earliest yeah. memories, I, I wrote, wrote a book about it, and my earliest memory at the age of two was around anxiety. So I was always nervous and overthinking and scared and hypervigilant and always making sure that the people around me were safe and that manifested in different ways. Um, but for me it was perfectionism and that hypervigilance and health anxiety and it, it kind of took different forms as I addressed one and would find another way to express itself and it's just taken a long time for me to find ways to, to deal with it effectively. So when you did eventually realise what the problem was, that mm-hmm. it was anxiety, mm-hmm. what changed? So you, you mentioned just before that you did uh, seek help for, help for it. Mm-hmm. Once you had done, done that, what changed about your circumstance? Um, I guess a big one, I, mean, I know they don't necessarily call it a, a nervous breakdown anymore. There's sort of better terms for it. But at that point, I'd have full physical, physical collapse and I was having panic attacks constantly. I lost a lot of weight. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't eat. Um, I started to get quite paranoid and um, was my panic attacks were triggered by so many things. So I actually thought that I was going crazy and that was one yeah. of the sort of the big fears that lead to, to panic attacks that you're dying or that you're going crazy. So just going to be able to, to see a doctor and being given a word for it and then realising how common it was and how people around me were suffering from it and they didn't talk about it either, um, normalises it. So even though you're still experiencing those things, you suddenly realise something has a name you can then find ways to deal with it. So it's yeah. hugely important. Cool. So the book, The Anxiety Book, mm-hmm. how, how exactly did it come about as a result of that? Um, so I'm a journalist. I work at The Appetizer um, and I'd written a story a few years ago about my anxiety for SA Weekend and I'd written about how I'd experienced, how my family had experienced, how it was very genetic um, in my family and I'd written about some of the things that I'd found really useful um, and I went crazy, <laughs> for want of a better word, um, and it went viral. So cool. um, it was, I think, it's had more than a million hits now. Um, was shared really, shared really wi- widely and I guess from that I realised even more so how widespread the issue is and then I was contacted by a publisher uh, who asked me to write a book and that was that. Yeah, awesome. Opening up in such a massive way mm-hmm. to, you know, like there are so many people that would have, like you said, nearly like oh, has had a million hits. Mm-hmm. Um, how how's that helped? Okay. Um, I guess in some ways I possibly was a, a good candidate to write a book about anxiety because mine doesn't manifest socially, so I yep. don't get a lot of worry about what people think about me. So in that way, yeah, cool. it was probably um, a good candidate to write about anxiety might manifest in other ways. Um, so for me while there may have been, you know, a couple, a handful of people who would do the predictable trolley, you're a nut job, the vast, vast majority of people were uh, supportive and would share their own stories and would talk about how much it had helped them. So all of that far outweighed any tiny bit of negativity that came my way. Yeah. So in the book you mentioned uh, some unhealthy coping mechanisms. Mm -hmm. Can I ask you a little bit about those? Yep, yep. Um, For me... With anxiety, people tend to go one of two ways, either uh, check or they avoid, and I was a massive avoider. So um, with health anxiety, for example, if I had a symptom that I would start to catastrophize over, if I would, you know, get a fluttering heart and would be convinced I was having a heart attack, instead of going to a doctor obsessively, I would just not ever go to a doctor and would build that up in my head enormously, um, but avoid it. And avoiding it would help in the in that sort of instant, but it just it snowballs and becomes worse and worse. So avoiding is a really bad way yeah. of dealing with anxiety. Um, I think the best way, first of all, is seeing a doctor and actually finding out what it is you're dealing with. And then you can actually 
find the professionals who can help you. So I didn't realise that avoidance was a coping mechanism for a long time. I just thought, I actually thought I was being a bit, you know, tougher and like I'm feeling anxious, I'm just not going to deal with it, I'm going to pretend it's not happening, which does reduce the anxiety in the moment but makes it so much worse long term. So I think one of the best things you can do to start with is to find somebody who has experience in that area but also speak to friends and find ways that they've been able to deal with it in a healthy way. So um, there's plenty of unhealthy ways to deal with it and they might feel good in the moment but they don't last and they make things progressively worse. So, yeah, speaking to people who know what they're dealing with is the best place to start. Yeah, cool. Um, so what are some of the key messages you'd hope readers would take from take from your book? Um, I think, first of all, how common it is. There's no reason to ever feel like you're alone because there's so many people who are dealing with different um, mental health issues, whether it's anxiety or depression or, or something else. Um, it would only take speaking to a couple of your friends and you'd probably find out that one of them is, if they're not dealing with it themselves, somebody in their family is or a friend is. So I think that's one of the most important things is that you're never alone. Um, and also I think that once I really started sort of looking back at my life and writing about it and looking at some painful memories and things that I'd avoided um, for a long time, I also realised there's actually okay things that come along with having mental health issues. You know, if you're more prone to anxiety, perhaps it's because you're creative and your brain can think up all of the ridiculously awful things that might happen to you. But the, the flip side is you're creative and there's ways to use that in a positive way. So I think also just trying to find the positives in those negatives um, are a good thing. So, in a way, it is an, a huge learning experience to mm-hmm. learn to cope with your own mental health issue, mm-hmm. like like anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, what is, what has been some of the feedback around your book? Um, it's been great. Um, I, the, the the day before it came out, I did have a bit of a freak out, and because my book is quite uh, <laughs> revelatory, and I share, you know, it, it's. Um, it's about anxiety and it's about different forms of dealing, whether it's through therapy or nutrition or medication or whatever it might be that works for you. But I also kind of deal with my own life. So it's a bit of a memoir as well. So I've shared things that perhaps my parents didn't need to know about, you know, yeah. <laughs> interludes with men or whatever it might have been. So those points I, I speak about having a termination in my my early 30s and, and things that my parents didn't know. So I had to kind of give it to them first and say, heads yeah. up, you might want to read this just so you're not surprised oh, when it comes out. I um, suppose we all have our own dirty little secrets. Exactly, but... and you always expect the reaction to be far worse than it was. So, I mean, my parents are very supportive, but I still had a moment of worrying what they might say. And my mum wrote back, and all she wrote back was, I'm very proud of you. That, that's so, amazing, though. Yeah. The fear was unrealised. Yeah, yeah, cool. Um, so a few, a few people in our write, amazing writing team have being you know digging around a little bit and so we've got a couple of other questions to ask you okay um we kind of want to know everything about how you uh started to started in a german girl band right (laughs) (laughs) so yeah in my uh late teens and early 20s when i was convinced i was going to be a rock i'd been to see the career council at school they told me i should be a journalist i cried because i wanted (laughs) to be a rock star so when i finished school i went uh first of all i was in a band in china which was horror show not the Chinese part but the blokes I was in a band with were awful um but that didn't put me off and then I came back to Australia for a while and then I went to Europe and was in a girl band called Girl Force don't try and google it because you won't find very much thankfully (laughs) as all of my colleagues have tried to do in the past but we wore camouflage dungarees and we had you know in sync dance moves and I can't dance and it was it was the 90s is all I will say about that (laughs) it was a shocker yes Um, when it comes to travelling and anxiety, how mm-hmm. did you specifically cope with that, like if you were so far away from loved ones or anything, yeah. anything like that? Um, travelling for me has always been in- incredibly anxiety-provoking, uh, so I would spend 
I'd like the planning and I'd be think I'd be fine. Then it would get to the week beforehand and I would start to get a bit freaked out about the plane crashing or what terrible diseases I might encounter or the things that might go wrong. While I was away, I'd fluctuate between being panicky and, and being a little bit calmer. Yeah. The last day or two, having the great, uh, the best time ever. And then in reflection, it's fantastic. So I kind of travel for how I feel afterwards. Again, it's much better now that I know how to do with anxiety. But when it was at its worst and I had um, this nervous breakdown I had, was in, I was living in London at the time, so I had to find my way home and and have my family to help me get back on my feet. But um, it's tough. It's tough being away from home, and especially if you don't know what's going on with your body and you think terrible things are happening. Um, it's hard, but I've also sort of white-knuckled my way through those yeah. things. But you don't have to, I guess. You need to find ways to deal with it rather than just drinking a million beers and hoping for the best. So <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> I found better ways of dealing with yeah, it now. I think most people agree, like, you know, just <laughs> chugging your way through beer, they never really get gets anyone in right. there, especially the next day, you just... Right. <laughs> you, you never really feel, feel better for that. Um, another thing was that they... <laughs> they, uh, they, they were scrolling through your social media and mm-hmm. found a little bit of a dilemma there between a ham and cheese croissant and right. a sausage roll. <laughs> like, was that... T- One of the questions about times, and I realised that the obvious answer is both. Yeah. Always both. <laughs> <laughs> oh, easy. That's, that's, that's perfect. Um so now we've just got a few quick fire questions. Mm-hmm. Just easy if you don't answer one, whatever. Okay. Um, so cast someone who would have to play you in a movie. Oh, <laughs> um, oh my God. I, I, have, I don't know. I have no idea. Sorry. <laughs> that's useless. I have no um, idea. The strangest thing you've ever eaten? Uh, century-old egg, year-old eggs. I don't know what their real name is, but it's like an oh, egg yeah, that they yeah. soak in horse urine um, in China. Disgusting. Yeah. Disgusting. Uh, day or night? Night. What is your least favourite drink? Uh, anything sugary. I hate sugary food. Blech. Last song you listened to? Oh, <laughs> was Madonna like a prayer in my car just then? <laughs> because I'm old. <laughs> um, so pineapple on pizza, yes or no? Yes. Yes, thank you. It definitely belongs there. Yes. Uh, what's the worst movie you've ever seen? Um, oh, those hangover movies. So crap. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, what's the colour of your toothbrush? Uh, blue. What's your average bedtime? Late. So I go to bed, <laughs> but then I read for a long time. So bed, 10, sleep, 1. Yeah. Uh, broccoli or Brussels sprouts? Brussels sprouts. And what was the last TV show you binge-watched? Uh, uh, Bloodlines. Oh, cool. All right. Thank you very much. That was great. Thanks for having me. For anybody who would like to learn a bit more about Elisa, her book, The Anxiety Book, A True Story of Phobies, Flashbacks and Freakouts and How I Got My Inner Calm Back is available in all, any good bookstore around Adelaide or wherever you might live. Cheers for that, guys. Have a good one. Bye. So that was Harrison talking to Elisa all about anxiety and her book, her personal experiences, and I hope you guys got a lot out of that. So we're um yeah, we're gonna chuck some information at you and we're gonna have a bit of a bit of a discussion about it. I mean, I'm certainly really excited about talking about this because I have over a decade of first-hand experience with a generalised anxiety disorder. You're and a pioneer of anxiety disorder Totally, and did not need to prepare for this at all. I was no. like, I'll bring myself, my noggin, my experiences, got it. You're just making it up. <laughs> just go. Yeah, well, I mean, I um, definitely don't let my anxiety, nor do I let my panic disorder or my depression um, weigh down on me and sort of label me. These are just things that I experience. I can work through them. I'm a confident, happy person despite the fact that I have my rough patches, and that's something that I really want to reinforced listeners who might be suffering from some mental health issues or just going through a hard time. We'll talk about it later as well, but they absolutely do not define you. You are a person first, you're experiencing some crappy stuff, 
but it is okay. Oh, I couldn't agree with that more. And, you know, you're experiencing any mental health issue, but you're also experiencing a lot of great things in your life. You've got friends and people who care about you. They're all just experiences that make us who we are and what our life is like. Exactly. Now, anxiety ultimately, this is actually, this was really key for me in sort of my recovery and my growth is realising that anxiety is actually like a biological thing that's going on in my body. Like, yes, it's triggered by thoughts and your environment and things that are happening around you, but they're, they're literally chemicals in your brain, which is kind of a cool way to think about it because then you sort of, you don't humanise it. You don't see it as this like big scary person that's taking over you. It's like a cold almost. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. So some of the physical symptoms of anxiety are an increased heart rate, faster breathing, muscle tension, that sort of stuff. They're sweating, although... Paris, you were telling me you sweat all the time. Yeah, I do sweat all the time. I'm not sure if it's just this room that makes me feel that way because it's quite... Quite a lot of moisture in the air, but I am a big sweater. Yeah. <laughs> there's also like... <laughs> what am I saying? Exposing myself. <laughs> Exposed. <laughs> um, there's also if you're experiencing lots of shakes or being jittery. And, you know, a lot of the time people can experience these feelings quite regularly and they can be quite distressing because they, they do impact your everyday life. And, I mean, you might experience these things off and on and it might not be a big issue, but the key with, with mental health issues is that if they start really weighing down on how you're living your life, that's when it might need a bit of attention. As well as these things, you may experience persistent worrying, a feeling of being unable to relax, avoiding a lot of challenging situations, being socially isolated and withdrawn, and just having trouble paying attention and concentration. And that comes from a lot of lack of sleep also. You're not getting much sleep with anxiety. For sure, for sure. And the persistent worrying is probably, like, a really good point. Like a good blanket term. Yeah, and it's similar, like, you know, there's a difference between worrying about, you know, an event like an exam or, you know, a big party that you have to go to that you're a bit nervous about and actually having persistent worrying about, Lots and lots of things. The similar, you know, similar to, oh, you know, you can be sad about something. That doesn't necessarily equate to you suffering from depression or experiencing the symptoms associated with, with depression. They're they're quite different, and it's good to not, you know, over label somebody with, you know, if you're worried about something, saying you're an anxious person. Like it's not necessarily what's going on. Yeah, and we all have events where there's a bit of anxiety leading up to them because we do want to do better and we want to perform well. But maybe going food shopping or using a public toilet Mm. isn't one of those things. Yeah, for sure. Um, I also wanted to quickly touch on panic attacks. Um, As somebody who has quite a fair share of experience with panic attacks they're not they are not the funnest things to to endure um they're also really common to people who have um lots of experience with anxiety or who are suffering from an anxiety disorder and it's often a really strong sense of fear like a pounding heart you, you struggle to breathe you might feel sick or dizzy or like you're going to vomit or die and it's just this huge like surge of emotions and adrenaline and yeah, that can, that can be a not awesome thing to experience, but also something you can get through. Um, so let's now talk a little bit about what the common types of anxiety disorders are. Firstly, we've got a generalised anxiety disorder, and this is feeling worried about general day-to-day things that you wouldn't normally worry about. This isn't necessarily the most common type of anxiety disorder, but I think it's possibly the most well-known just because a social anxiety disorder when you're experiencing intense emotions about social situations and you're worried about being judged and some other ones I'll mention in a second, they're less well-known, less kind of in the public eye, I guess. Generalised anxiety disorder I think is one of those things that people who don't suffer from anxiety 
can rationalize and say, mm. oh, I get that you'd be a little bit worried. Um, yeah, I get that. I totally understand. It's when it goes past that, they're like, well, I don't get you because they don't experience it. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, we've also, uh, our researchers actually have provided all this information mm. for us. We're, we're so pumped to get science I'm feeling really official. Yes, I'm, um, there's also something called a panic disorder, and that's having repeated panic attacks and constantly fearing um, and another panic attack that might come. A panic disorder is actually quite different from having, you know, the occasional panic attack, you know, around stressful times. If you have, you know, a few a year or whatever, that's quite different. A panic disorder is when you have a lot of them and they do become part of your everyday life, which is a bit crappy, but you can work through those. And we were speaking about panic disorder earlier and how it can become a paradox for you because there's the imminent fear of panic attacks, which then result in a panic yeah, attack. Yeah. And you need something cycle. to break the cycle and that can be seeking help. It totally can. And if you've got people in your life that know you might be suffering from a panic attack and, and know, you know, your symptoms and, and they know what works for you, they might go, oh, let's, you know, go grab some brekkie or let's just take a walk and bring you out into the present moment to help you break out of that sort of vicious cycle. Um, we also have a thing that's about specific phobias and that it is literally called a specific phobia, which is type of an anxiety disorder, but it's an, an intense fear of a very particular situation or particular object. So for example, absolutely terrified of spiders or heights or suffering from claustrophobia. Something to remember with specific phobias as well is there's a difference between disliking and hating something mm. in comparison to having a phobia of it. A good example is me with needles. A lot of people say that, oh, yeah, I don't like getting needles either. I don't like getting a blood test. But there's a difference between disliking it and being so scared that you're having panic attacks on the scene and you're passing out and vomiting and I can definitely relate to people saying, oh, I don't like spiders, but I just get over it. It's not that simple. You can't just get over some things. Do you, do you find that you really don't like needles and stuff like that or is it like a total phobia? I find that it's a total phobia. So much so when I was in school, I wouldn't sit next to pin boards because I was scared of people mm -hmm. taking the pins out and playing with them and putting them in their fingers and also, you know, walking into the doctor's office and just already my eyes are clouding in, I'm ready to faint and I'm ready to just, you know, take over. But it's definitely feels like an alter ego, like I'm possessed almost because I have no control at all. I don't even know that girl. I don't know her. I'm not familiar with her. But, you know, <laughs> we do cross paths every time I need to get my uh, vaccines, which I have gotten eventually because my parents, luckily, were very patient with me. <laughs> That's great. So... I wanted to quickly talk about how you can be a, a G homie. Oh yeah. Um, if you have oh, a look friend, look at us. We're down with the kids. G we homies. Ah, you <laughs> dab? No, I take that back. I take it back. I love dabbing. Oh. I dabbed at my graduation ceremony. <laughs> oh. No, no, I actually did. Paris. That was back when it was cool, though. Well, you know, end of last year. But like, I dabbed. <laughs> I dabbed before I got up, and I remember my deputy principal was like, "Why is she school captain? And how?" There was just silence over the school and <laughs> slow clap while I received one. <laughs> <laughs> That's me being a cricket. <laughs> anyway, so being a good friend to somebody who might be experiencing anxiety, above all, number one tip is to be understanding and to really, truly listen to their concerns. Yes, and listen in a way where you are not necessarily relating your fears to their anxiety mm. because it almost makes them think that you're trying to rationalise something that they're really dealing with themselves. Only yourself can understand your experiences. So, you know, just be a listening ear and say, you know what, I may not know what you're going through, but I'll always be here to listen 
and I'll always watch out for you. Exactly. And, you know, something that even though I, I've, you know, spoken to friends about my anxiety and I hate it when they do it to me, I unfortunately tend to do it myself, is when people come to me with a problem, I try to solve it straight away. So if somebody goes, I'm really anxious about catching the train, I go, right, let me tell you, you know, five different ways that you can get through this. You could do this or this. And sometimes that's actually not what the person needs. They need a bit of active listening. They might at best need somebody to say, hey, I think it's really important that you go seek some help. I'll come with you. You know, that is a really good response. Trying to solve their problem, not necessarily a thing that they need in that moment. As a young person suffering with anxiety or any mental health issue by that matter, um, it's really smart to think, all right, who are my main supporters? Maybe it's your mum, your best friend and your cousin or a teacher at school or your boss at work. Who are your support systems? Maybe reach out to them and say, when I'm feeling a panic attack coming on or you can tell that I'm getting a little bit anxious, I like these things for comfort. Mm. For example, I like to be alone during this time or I like to drink six glasses of water with a squeeze of lemon juice, thank you. And, you know, maybe not so much to that extent, but all of us have things that, you know, help us get through tough times and it's good to tell the people around you. Exactly. I think that's really, really great. And even if you, like, pop it in your phone as a friend or you just are constantly, you know, reminding yourself, ah, if Paris, you know, is feeling anxious, she really wants to watch an episode of Friends or, you know, whatever. It's That's a, a great, great, great thing to do as a... As a buddy. So before we wrap up today, guys, we've got a bit of a treat for you. Paris was lucky enough to talk to the Jermaine sisters. Apparently they were totally awesome. So we're going to kick over to her interview now. Yeah, more like a treat for me. They were awesome. So enjoy it. Loved them. Want them to be my best friends. So I'm here with the Jermaine sisters today. How are you going, girls? Good, yeah, thank, thank you. you. Yeah, cool. If you want to introduce yourselves as well, because people need to sort of define who's talking at the moment, there is four <laughs> of us. So, No worries. Um, well, I'm Ella. I'm Clara. I'm Georgia. And we're the Jermaine sisters. Oh, I like that. We're the Jermaine sisters. <laughs> <laughs> um, and what are you all doing in the band first off, just so that people have a better idea of your instruments and your roles? Um, I, Georgia speaking, <laughs> I, yeah. I play uh, electric guitar, um, piano and sing lead vocals and do the songwriting. Mm. Yep. And I uh, play the bass and cello, this is Ella speaking, and a bit of uh, backing vocals as well. And I'm Clara and I'm on the drums and backing vocals too. Awesome. So just to get straight into your music stuff, that is a question I'm sure you're asked a lot, but how'd you get started? I mean, you're obviously all related, but um, <laughs> yeah, when we like, we're going to take our music and our hobby into something that we really want to do with our lives and pursue. Yeah. So I think we've, we've obviously been playing together since we were really little. We had to put shows on for our grandparents and our friends. And yeah, I think it just started off kind of, I don't know, people's birthday parties maybe or pub gigs and stuff and people seem to like it. Georgia did a solo album first when she was a teenager um, and, yeah, then decided she wanted to have a band to tour with. It would be more fun. So that's when Ella and I jumped on board and, yeah. Yeah, I think our first, like, festival or show as a group was the Kangaroo Island Surf Music Festival. So I think they only ran that for one year but that was so much fun. So that was probably the first, like, opening gig of Jermaine's Sisters and then it's just been all uphill and maybe a little bit downhill sometimes (laughs) from there. So, yeah. Yeah, and I bet it was so good to get out there as well, like your first festival, and be like, actually, maybe this does work. Like, people are getting into it a little bit. Like, yeah. it could, this could be something awesome. And I guess that's where it has gone. You've been doing a lot of tours in the last year as well. Um, how have you found that just traveling the world from, like, I was thinking before, Adelaide is such a small place, and so are the hills. And even sort of your peak in a state here is nothing compared to once you go overseas. And how have you found that just being exposed to a whole new thing? 
Yeah, I think at first it can be a bit overwhelming, but then you like learn so much about yourselves and you learn so much that not to sweat the small stuff. I mean, Adelaide's an amazing place and we grew up here and we always will call it home, but it's so great to uh, travel overseas and you get to meet people and go to places you never thought that you'd ever visit. And um, we've done tours all over the world from like Europe to... Um, uh, we've been to Spain, we've been to America, we've also been to Vietnam and China, which was a different sort of scene yeah. for us, but it was so amazing and you really appreciate what you have, but you also think of how you can help other peoples by using your talents as well as just the beauty of the universal language of music and how it doesn't matter what language you're speaking, people can enjoy it, especially um, in China and Vietnam, I think we really noticed that. And even yeah. in Germany, we don't speak great German, but people love music no matter what, so um yeah, we, we've had a great time so far, so, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome, just being able to break that barrier. Like, it doesn't matter what you're saying, but people can feel music to a certain extent. Yeah, so, totally. yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Um, I want to go back in time in your music a little bit, and I'm referencing the song um, Because You Breathe. I guess that's got a really strong message behind it, and I've got a couple lyrics. I might be putting you on the spot here, <laughs> um, but I just want to ask you, you know, how important it was for you to write these and how you felt at the time when the song did come out. Um, so it's for everything you want to lie, for everything you want to die. Well, don't forget who you are. Don't forget you have the strength to go far and don't forget how beautiful you are. And, you know, you say a lot of things in that song, but I love, you know, this part of it because it's almost like a, you're directly speaking to the listener and it's a very personal moment. So how did that feel when you were first, you know, writing it and bringing yeah, it out. Yeah, for sure. So that was a song I wrote for my friend. That was probably one of the first songs on the album. Um, I didn't even know it was going to sort of become an album, but it mm. was um, one of my best friends in, in high school was going through a really hard time um, and just, yeah, really struggling. And she was normally a really bright and bubbly person and then something happened in her life and it sort of, um, yeah, just was, yeah, had a really rough time. And so um, I didn't really know how I could help her and how I could make her feel you know, better about herself and um, I didn't really feel, I felt a bit helpless at the time and then I was like, you know what, I love music, I love songwriting so maybe I'll just write her a song that's something I'm good at and something I enjoy and so that song was, yeah, just a kind of like a letter to her basically and all those lyrics were just me talking to her and um, I didn't really think much of the song at the time, I was just like, this is just something that I want to do for, for my friend um, but then playing it to, yeah, some, you know, close family these girls um and and friends and they really connected with it as well and thought it would be yeah cool and so that sort of inspired the whole album so we just want to get across um yeah you know positive messages and um yeah I think yeah it's just a, a kind of a personal song but it, it it touches a lot of people which is what we want to do through our music yeah beautiful how did she take that at the time did you sort of just sing it straight to her <laughs> or? oh no I'm not I'm a bit awkward with like really small like yeah. audiences so I just I recorded it um just at our mm. little home studio and sent her um, yeah, just a message and, um, yeah, she really, really appreciated it um, and, yeah, thought it was pretty special. So that was cool. Yeah, lovely. So, like, taking away from the message you want to give other people, what's something you've always done for yourself, for your mental health? I suppose, um, like, music is a huge outlet, especially when dealing with looking after yourself and self-care, but coming away from that, like, you know, how do you take care of your mind, I guess? Yeah. I think... I don't know. I think for um, us, we all are so, we're all very similar, but we're all very different as well. And I think when you're around each other 24-7 and, you know, touring can be really hard. You're in a different place sometimes every night. It can be hard, like, mentally knowing, like, where you are and emotionally as well. And you miss friends. And um, it's a different sort of lifestyle as well. I mean, we, a lot of um, our, like, not everyone, but, you know, sometimes people think there's a set way to do life. You know, you go to school, you go to uni, you get a degree, you get a job, then you buy a house, then you get married, have children 
children, et cetera, et cetera. And I think, um, I think in this day and age, it's really important to remember that that's not the only path in life. It's great if that's what you want to do, but it's also okay to try different things and not be scared to sort of um, follow your dreams or do things different. There's no right or wrong way in life to live. Um, if you can be the best person you can and remember what you um, like doing for you as well. I think when you stop um, having that goal or remembering why you're doing it, that's when you can get lost. So I think for us, sometimes it's good just to reflect back. Sometimes I, um, when I'm having a down day, when I feel like there's not much happening with music, I just scroll back at some of the photos from the tour and think, wow, how lucky are we that we got to do that? And even just even, and then when I'm away, I look at some photos of home of like the pets and, you know, family and friends and like, oh, how lucky are we to have like, you know, people around us that love us. And you just get really appreciative of what um, you have. And I think for me, like I love to paint and I love going outside and sometimes just going on a little holiday or catching up with friends for coffee or just things like that. Just everything in moderation. I think if you do too much of one thing, you can get caught up in it. And especially with music, if you, it is our job, but we also, it's our passion. But if you mix it too much, it can be very overwhelming you forget you know how to relax and unwind so I think just finding those little things that you love doing even if it's an hour a day walking the dog at the beach or yeah just doing some cooking or listening to music or relaxing I think it's that's a really great way I think for me to sort of escape and I'd say the girls probably can tell you what they like yeah I think definitely having like an outside hobby as well and yeah we we kind of grew up playing sports so we'd kind of do that instead and that's kind of quite different to music so yeah being able to do something kind of different as well every now and then yeah Yeah. I think also um like yeah on tour especially like you have to get enough sleep and um eat healthy and just like um yeah just keep out like kind of treat yourself like your body is your temple kind of thing like you want to look after yourself and make sure that you're healthy um before you can sort of um yeah do all the things that you're meant to do (laughs) if that makes any sense no definitely I can imagine that pressure as well um you've always done music so it goes from something you do for fun and then you think this is a passion now so I'm going to do it for passion and then one day you cross the line where you are playing a festival and suddenly it's something that you have to get right every time and Mm -hmm. you have to dedicate time to and in a way that like it does take away from the relaxation in it so it's so good that you have those outside passions that you know do let you relax you're like probably not hoping to be a famous painter so it doesn't matter (laughs) you know if you screw up one day or you're not feeling inspired it's more of a natural progress and I think that's really important to yeah yeah, keep natural and (laughs) flowing um yeah and a beauty as well that you guys have um traveling as you were saying you'll be one place and it's really hard to keep track of where you are um but you've always got each other it's sort of you know you've obviously got a special bond going on um so do you find that you know how does that help you out I think I think it definitely helps like I can't even imagine doing it by ourselves um because I guess if one of us is having a a down day then there's the other two can hopefully kind of try perk you up a little bit and lift you so yeah I think it definitely helps having the three of us as well as not getting it probably as homesick because we are together and it's family and yeah I mean Skype's always good as well for like home or whatever but yeah 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 I think um I think yeah I think one of the things with um us it's great like we we're all in the same boat so you don't feel that sort of sense of loneliness and even when you do feel like that you can like reflect to the other sister or um like the others around or you meet so many musicians on the road as well at festivals um we've got one of our friends Bethany who was in a Canadian reggae band we met on a tour and now we're great (laughs) friends so you sort of meet people that are on the same ship and the same journey as you so you can reflect on your stories and if you're going through a tough time you can talk to them about how they went through it or you hear their story and you're like oh that's not as worse as my like you know and you kind of just like yeah 
I think I've always heard, like, you know, if you've got um, problems and you threw it all into a pile and then everyone threw their problems in a pile and you mm-hmm. saw theirs, you take yours back because you realise, yeah. wow, it's not as bad as I think. So sometimes just, yeah, getting grounded back to earth by, like, chatting to other musicians is great. And, yeah, our mum comes with us sometimes as well. Oh, so awesome. <laughs> it's almost like you go on tour to escape, but we really come home and, like, probably spread out from each other needing the space. <laughs> yeah, that's such a good way to put it as well that you'd probably, like, take your own problems back if you saw everyone else's eye. Mm. Totally get that. That's yeah. so good. I think um, like one thing that we do is we go to a lot of schools and um, I think well Georgia talks a lot about encouraging people to follow what they do. I mean, we're musicians, but we're also that just doesn't that doesn't define us. And you know, you can do anything in life, whether you're want to be whether you're great at maths or great at art or great at sport, like there's always something you can do that can help others. I mean, look at some footballers. You've got people like Eddie Betts and you've got like Taylor Walker and, you know, these guys have come from, you know, I don't know, the yeah. outback or whatever. Yeah. We might want to scratch that, I'm not sure. But, you know, <laughs> you, you have these like, they, are in, they might feel like, oh, maybe I'm just playing football, but they're inspiring kids to, you know, grow up and follow their passion or, they're, you know, people from maybe a small town might think, oh, I can never be like that person but if you really have a goal and you really work hard you can do that and you can always use your gifts and talents to help others like I think Georgia you're probably better at giving this spiel than me because you do the talks (laughs) at the school well I think another thing I've learned recently is like it's not your success that defines you I think because if we were always like hung up on how successful we become then we're always going to be wanting more and wanting more and and you just kind of end up kind of in a downward spiral I think you've just got to be content with where you are at the present time it doesn't matter if you're feeling like you're playing to, you know, massive crowds, like on the latest tour, we had some crowds of like 20,000 people, which was like amazing. Um, and then sort of coming back and sometimes you'll have shows to like five people or like it depends. I mean, I do some solo gigs as well. So you just have to be really grateful for what you have in front of you and not sort of, yeah, your success doesn't define you. It's, yeah. yeah. And just basking in those good moments rather than always thinking of the next thing I can, yeah, fully relate yeah. to that. Um yeah, something else I like. I can just imagine now you are becoming a bit more successful and I guess your social media picks up. Slowly, I guess it can isolate you from reaching out to people or making new friends who don't share the same experiences as you. Like as you were saying, when you were touring, you got to meet, you know, heaps of people along the way who can relate. But you come back to Adelaide and suddenly like saying that you were so stressed out by a concert you did with Little Mix, can't relate to your friends at home (laughs) who are, you know, working down at Kmart still, which I mean isn't a bad thing, but it definitely would make things a little bit harder because they think, how can you have problems or how can like your mental health be struggling because your life's so good. But Mm -hmm. It's not always, like, it doesn't matter what your circumstances are. Everyone's affected by mental health. Definitely. And I think, like, social media, like, obviously we're putting up photos and it'll be like, might look like, well, obviously we are having having fun, fun, but but it looks like we're always having fun. Like, we often get said, like, oh, you guys are always, like, at a really cool beach or you're always having fun. We're like, that's just, like, the best part of, like, that week kind of thing. Like, there's there's definitely downtimes as well. And I guess people don't, not everyone would understand that, um, but... Yeah. 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 Like we don't want to sound like we're ungrateful at all either though because we, yeah, we definitely have some great fun times and yeah, I think social media is a great way to share your journey with other people who make them feel like they're there if they can't be there. But I think there is that line you don't want to cross of being fake or anything like that. And I think this day and age, um, sometimes, you know, people will go out and, um, you know, just to look good, just to get that photo for social media. Whereas you have to remember to live your life real. Like if you're going to go say surfing at the beach, go surfing and get a photo of 
of course, if you want to as yeah. well, but don't just go just to get the photo for social media to make your life appear a certain way. Like, because you realize how much you actually enjoy life if you just live it and get out there. And then, yeah, sometimes we'll like be so busy, we forget to put a photo up. But I think, um, I think social media is a great way to, you know, share your experiences and show what you're doing and promote um, whatever you're doing or your passion. But um, also just be wary that, you know, like life is real. This is, you're lucky to be breathing and you're lucky to be out there and be able to explore the world. So make yeah. sure you remember to still do that. But yeah, like... I think that's one thing like I've definitely noticed since growing up because we've sort of been in that age bracket where we started off like, you know, as kids just with those little Nokia phones and now <laughs> everything's changed. So I think the younger generation probably couldn't understand that. But just remembering, I think, getting out there and just living life. Yeah, don't live your life sort of through social media. Just live your life. And if you want to, you know, share that, then go for it. But don't make it the number one priority because um, it's, yeah, it, like I'm sure like in 10 years there'll be something else that you'll be worrying about like some other social thing so like <laughs> yeah myspace was the biggest thing when i was like younger it was oh my gosh myspace yeah. and now um i don't know what it is now snapchat instagram there's so much but it's so much fun we have a lot of fun with it as well but yeah i think that's always something come away it's like, a cool way to kind of connect with people that you might not actually get to like meet or, like mm. as well and or just stay in contact like we've done a lot of school tours through switzerland and mm. we still have swiss kids message us and they can practice their english with us or just ask us questions and it's cool because obviously we're back in Adelaide, but we can still have that connection, which is yeah, cool as well. that's awesome. I guess yeah. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter what you've done or what photos you've uploaded. Like you still have to go to the supermarket, and yeah. go home and <laughs> go to sleep, and like you still get colds and people like oh, you know. Yeah. It's like as soon as you start to become successful, you start getting opportunities. People think all those things fall away, like yeah. you've grown yeah. out of being a human, and yeah, suddenly yeah. you're just at home like writing songs twenty four seven, and like everything's going perfect. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, not always the case. No. Yeah. <laughs> and I think you were saying something interesting before about you know you come home and you can't might not be able to relate to other they might not be able to relate to your problems but I think yeah definitely um it's good to understand yeah like we wouldn't be able to relate to say like a nurse that's been working like a 12-hour shift yeah. and like you know there's like or a vet that has to stick their hand up a cow's backside that day <laughs> and things like that so I think it's understanding everyone's got their problems and um yeah it's just also accepting interesting that. to hear other people's jobs as well yeah though, like, like I like <laughs> I just I could spend ages talking to I don't know someone that made coffee grounds into like makeup scrub I was just and then what happens like or like just like you yeah like you meet so many interesting yeah people and like we like some people are, oh you're so interesting what you do I'm like I think what you guys do is amazing like yeah, yeah. No, that's so good. Um, now, you guys have some new music coming out. Do you want to tell me a bit more about that? Obviously, I know nothing about it because it's coming out. It's not here yet. So tell me more. Yeah, so we've been sort of, we're recording an album ourselves um, this time. So recording and producing it oh, in cool. our home studio, which is pretty cool just to sort of capture that, like our live essence, I think mostly, and just um, really the authentic, organic, whatever it is <laughs> that what we do. So not having other people sort of putting in their spin on it, which is never, like, it's not a bad thing, but just yeah keeping it sort of us because um, we really want to showcase that in this next album so that's been really exciting so we're still um chewing through the album but um yeah I'm hoping to put out um, a single or two um very soon so cool. we actually yeah. just you uh two days ago we just recorded a new music video I don't know if I can say what it is yet but it was a lot of fun we did it in a shed a cherry shed in Uradler mm. but you wouldn't know <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of mess in it I've still got like cornflower in my ear I'll give that away and um <laughs> Yeah, but no, there was a lot of there was a wind machine, aka a leaf blower, and um, a lot of other fun I'm stuff. I'm envisioning what you can do with cornflower and a leaf blower. <laughs> yeah, That's yeah, phenomenal. Yeah, no, so we're we're really excited. I'm not sure. So that'll sure be for the next single. That's yeah, the, that'll next be for single. the next single. So, um, so we'll yeah, let you know when that 
sort of is coming out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, cool. And um, if you had one thing to say, I guess um, there's a lot of girls out there who are wanting to start music or people who maybe want to do it and are too scared of judgment to take that next step and say, I want to do a couple live gigs or I really want to give this a fair shot. What would you say to those people sort of struggling? Yeah. yeah. Well, I think when, like, when Ella and I were starting off we were like scared I was oh, I'm, I'm probably worse than Ella but like we didn't I want to sing I was better than what I was and then I heard myself singing and I was like oh my god get it out like <laughs> you can stop like you can stop even like now I hate like singing by myself but you just gotta like yeah I think the more you do it um so yeah obviously yeah when we started I was too way too petrified to ever sing backing vocals now I don't even think about it because it's just a practice thing I think and playing as many mm. shows as you can and even if it's just to like your family and your friends to start off with I think we play a lot of just like family birthday parties or whenever there was an opportunity that they might want someone to sing or play music we kind of would jump in and and have a go and I think having that experience and playing so many shows really helped to kind of build your confidence up and and your playing as well and yeah it might be to like five or ten people or it might be to a few more but you never like every yeah. every show is kind of like an opportunity to Grow, yeah. grow I guess and, and I think with music I mean there's always going to be someone that doesn't like something but there's going to be someone that does like it you know I'm not a yeah. huge fan of the screamo sort of metal stuff although it's alright every now and then but there's some people out there who love it and there'd be people that might not like our stuff but like you know or like our stuff and not like other things so yeah just um, just being confident and you know you look back in like five years ago and like I think of myself and I'm like oh I wish I just kept doing that or I wish I just like like you know didn't leave it so late until now to realize that which I think is the whole beauty of growing up but at the same time just not being afraid what other people think and having that remember there will always be support around you and yeah just go for and it. And practicing lots like we don't go on a tour without lots of rehearsals so that then if you get on a big stage and if you're not properly rehearsed and then the nerves kick in, it can all just be like kind of fall apart a little bit. So, yeah, we rehearse a lot so that you don't, if you do get nervous, you don't have to worry too yeah. much. Like you can get the excited nerves rather than like, oh, my gosh, no, I'm going to stuff up kind of thing. So Yeah, our mum always says like the worst thing someone can say to you is no and that's it. So yeah. if you're ever looking for opportunities, like whether you're wanting a gig or you're just looking like, you know, that, and then it, all they can say is no, you can't say you didn't try. So I think just keep going and that's how we've gotten a lot of our gigs like you know, we with the little mix and stuff, we just like, oh, anything happening? And they're like, oh, yeah, actually, there is. So you, sh you never know what happens, like, um, with festivals or anything and just, yeah. I don't know if that helps, Georgia. <laughs> Georgia's <laughs> the lead singer of the band oh, and no, writes all the songs. And we're the ones that have been jibber-jabbing, <laughs> so I feel like maybe she should add something. Yeah, you're good, you're good. That's all good. Yeah, yeah, I guess, like, what people can take away from that as well, um, two things, really. I know for myself, there's so many things that I think if I started the day that I considered it, I would be so much more successful or so much further ahead in things that I've wanted to do. And like when you see how fast you can progress when you're seeking your own opportunities, that's really when you're like, wow, what was I doing sitting in my room thinking, oh, someone else is already doing it. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, no, that's, yeah, you're your worst enemy. That's like, I always think that. I'm like, who, it's only me that's bothered. Only you yourself can feel a certain way. No one can make you feel inferior without like your consent. I think that's the the line yeah. isn't it yeah so I think like yeah you just gotta and I think what you guys doing at Headspace is great and like for people out there listening you know come and talk to you guys and if they've got something that they want to do that they're scared of or they're not feeling that great to have a chat to you because just talking to other people and putting those problems out there um, it just sort of gives it you know it doesn't make them as real when you keep it all to yourself it can bottle up and explode and I think that's what we need to learn to do as well sometimes when we're 
um, you know, touring or whatever. Same with painting or with, with me with songwriting, yeah. if I'm sort of feeling a bit, like if I hold it in too much, but if I let it out, like even just writing it in words and then hear people hear mm. whatever I'm thinking or feeling, then it just makes me feel so much better. So, yeah, um, yeah. I think you, if you feel like you're holding anything back, that's not always a good thing. You've got to, yeah, you'll and always feel more free when you let it out and, you know, share it. And sometimes, yeah, talking to people that you've never met before, it can just be just such a relief and a big weight off your shoulders. So I think, yeah, what you guys are doing are great, so... Awesome. Keep it up. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't have said it better myself. I totally like rounded up what Headspace is all about. I guess yeah. If like if you're worried if someone's not gonna like something, if you like it, there's someone else out there who'll agree. It doesn't matter if you find them straight away or in a whole year from the time that you start. I suppose it's just yeah, all totally. about getting started. Um, away from that though, where can we find you on social media and where can we find your music and, you know, follow what you're doing? Yeah, so we've got a website, just jermainesisters.com, um, also Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. It's all at Jermaine Sisters. So Jermaine is spelled G-E-R-M-E-I-N um, and then just sisters. Not the, the German sisters. Not German Some people sisters. Remember, like, <laughs> you guys from German, German I'm like, All right, cool. Well, thanks so, yeah. so much for coming in. This was an awesome chat. I feel like we got through a lot of stuff feeling relaxed, like we're all like intimate with each other. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, that was fantastic. Thanks so much. No worries. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Thanks for that, Paris. That was that was pretty sweet. You sounded like you had a good time. Oh, it was the best. The girls were seriously so cool. I can't say enough good things about them. Honestly, we're re-recording this part because I said so many good things earlier that it took way too long. It was awesome. I Yeah, I hope all the best for them. But sadly, we're coming to the end of our podcast. Oh, no. Episode two, to the end. Here we are. How do you feel? Look, I really enjoyed this podcast today, something very close close to home, and I really enjoyed talking about it. And, you know, I hope you as the listeners really liked it, got something out of it, whether it directly affects you or somebody you know or you're just interested in this kind of stuff. I really hope that um, this was great for you. So I guess the um, main takeaway we want you to to get from this is that Anxiety is something that so many people experience. You most certainly are not defined by it. And if you're experiencing it or somebody else you know is, please urge them to to just get some help, to treat their head right, um, because this is definitely something that you are more than capable of working through. Yeah, look after your noggin. It's just like any illness you go through or anything in life, don't be scared to talk to people about it. I do need to point out that the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are from young people involved at Headspace Adelaide and our guests invited to be interviewed. Information provided should not be taken as clinical advice. If that's what you're looking for, reach out to your local GP We'd like to say a massive thank you to the support behind our podcast. As always, we have our producers, Shane and Jeff. Thanks, guys, for always making this happen. We've got our amazing writing slash researching team, and that's Eddie, Lucas, Lucy and Sam. We'd like to thank our amazing audio peeps. We've got Ryan and Declan. And then, of course, Harrison for your fantastic interview. And Paris, thanks for joining me here today. Happy to be here. Thank you, Maya. And a big shout-out to Declan as well. He's recording with us right now he was with me with the Jermaine sisters and he has so patiently sat in silence for such a long time you're the best buddy oh I know I couldn't do it thanks so much for listening everyone we're done oh feels crazy bye see ya if you or anyone you know needs crisis support please contact these 24 7 supports lifeline 131114 or lifeline.org.au suicide callback service on 1300 659 467 
or suicidecallbackservice.org.au. We've got Beyond Blue at 1300 22 46 36 or www.beyondblue.org.au or the Kids Helpline 1800 55 100 or www.kidshelpline.com.au. You can also get support from eHeadspace on 1800 650 890 for phone and eheadspace.org.au for all online counselling. You can also head over to the headspace.org.au forward slash Adelaide for more information on how to refer to our centre and this website also has extra resources on mental health and on topics discussed on the podcast.